0: Welcome to Episode 11 in Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church and the producer of this series. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC's continuing celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. If you have not already viewed Episode 2, which includes my primer on numerology in Revelation, I urge you to do so, since understanding how John used numerology is critical to understanding this series. Beginning with this episode, there are two changes to the format. Transition slides have been included before the start of the reading of verses, and a line has been added to indicate St. John's point of perspective, either heaven looking downward or earth looking upward. Now, at the start of chapter 6, the beginning of John's description of the signs of end times, including the first six of the seven seals, he remains in heaven, having been invited to come up here in Revelation 4, verse 1. The illustration John receives his revelation is from the Saint Saver Beatus, an 11th century manuscript from the collection of the Bibliothèque Nationale in Paris, France, based upon an earlier work from Spain. As I pointed out in earlier episodes, Revelation is not a book which can be read in isolation from the Gospel accounts. Especially useful in understanding Revelation is Matthew 24, verses 7 and 8, and 29, 30, and 31, in which Jesus speaks the words, Signs of the times, end of the age, and the coming of the Son of Man. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The illustration is a Byzantine icon of St. Matthew in Orid, North Macedonia, based on a 6th century original at the Monastery of St. Catherine, Sinai, Egypt. Similar descriptions can be found in the Gospels of St. Mark in chapter 13 and St. Luke chapter 21. Remember, please, that the apostles had no more certainty or knowledge than you or I do concerning when these end times were coming. Most of them believed it would be sooner rather than later. The expectation of immediately is called the parousia. The fact that it has not yet happened does not diminish the sense of imminence you should always have and be ready for. I have divided chapter 6 into two parts, beginning with verses 1 through 8. The illustration for the reading is a detail of a 15th century Italian fresco in the Greek style at Mount Athos, Greece. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword when he opened the third seal i heard the third living creature say come and see so i looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. A possible Old Testament model for this kind of vision of God sending scourges to mankind to produce repentance is found in Zechariah 1, verses 7 to 17, in which a man rides a red horse accompanied by red, white, and sorrel horses. That's verse 7. Sorrel horses are chestnut with white manes. Another man who stood among the myrtle trees identified these for Zechariah. These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. That's Zechariah 1, verse 10. A similar scene is found in Zechariah 6, verses 1 through 8, in which chariots accompanied by red, white, black, and Either grizzled and bay or dappled horses appear, that's Zechariah 6, 1. The angel identifies these as, quote, the four spirits of heaven in Zechariah 6, verse 5. As in the opening of chapter 4, the vision of the heavenly throne, John sees the lamb open the first seal and is invited to, quote, come and see as in Revelation 4, verse 1, another invitation to see events from a heavenly perspective. The same invitation to come and see is offered as each of the seals is broken in Revelation 6, verse 3, 5, and 7. In the Western literary tradition, John's vision of the first four seals which appear as horses are often called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. The first illustration is a late 19th century oil on canvas by the Russian artist Viktor Vasnetsov, which also depicts a lamb observing the scene from the top center. The painting was made for St. Vladimir Cathedral, Kiev, and is now in a museum in Moscow. The second illustration is two pages from the Saint-Sever Beatus, an apocalypse manuscript from Aquitaine, France, in the 11th century, which itself was based upon a similar work from the 7th century in Spain. The first of the four horses, described in 6-2, is the white horse, traditionally known as Conquest. The text describes the rider as a man with a bow on a white horse who is given a crown and who goes forth and conquers. The illustration is The First Horseman from the Bamberg Apocalypse, an illuminated manuscript prepared in the scriptorium at Reichenau, Germany, between 1000 and 1020 AD during the reign of and at the direction of Holy Roman Emperor Otto III. As it was used on page 57 in the AIC bookstore publication, the companion work to the series, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. The cross symbol at the right is a traditional symbol of Jesus Christ. In Byzantine and Greek Orthodox icons of Christ, the same cross is shown with the letters ICXC and NIKA superimposed, ICXC left and right above the bar, and NIKA left and right below the bar. These mean Jesus Christ, Victor or Conqueror of Death. The second horseman rides a fiery red horse, traditionally labeled war, and with the rider given permission to, quote, take peace from the earth, and and a foretelling of men killing each other with swords in verse 4, similar to the reference in Jesus' prophecy in Matthew 24, verse 7, which I cited earlier, for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The illustration for the second horseman is a scene from a 13th century Apocalypse manuscript in the British Library, London, England. The third horseman rides a black horse, traditionally labeled famine. The rider ominously carries a pair of scales. The small amounts of wheat and barley, a quart of wheat for a denarius, a denarius being the equivalent of a day's wages, suggests rampant inflation in the cost of food essential for daily life. The illustration is the Angers Apocalypse Tapestry made in Angers, France, between 1372 and 1382 AD, made for the Duke Louis I of Angers for the Chateau Angers, Angers, France. The fourth horseman is the pale horse, traditionally called Death, who is accompanied by Hades, who together are sent to sweep across a fourth of the earth, killing with sword, death, and through the beasts of the earth. In episode two, the primer on numerology, I pointed out that the use of the fraction a fourth implies that mercy has been shown in that not all are destroyed. The illustration for the fourth horseman is Vision of Death, an engraving from Gustave Doré's Grand Bible du Tours, published in Paris in 1866 with an English-language edition in the same year, commonly called Doré's English Bible, the next reading, chapter 6, verses 9 through 17, includes a vision of two images, the fifth opening of the 5th and 6th seals. The illustrations are from the Bamberg Apocalypse and the Sansevier Beatus. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and, behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, Every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? With the fifth image, the opening of the fifth seal, the tone changes in two ways, shifting away from horses and animals to people and changing the setting. The fifth vision occurs in a church setting when the fallen, quote, slain for the word of God, in verse 9, lie quote, under the altar. St. John's own personal experience with persecution and the experience he mentioned earlier of the death of Bishop Antipas of Pergamos, mentioned in chapter 2, verse 16, and discussed in this series in episode 5, seems a likely inspiration. In both the Western and Eastern Church, a tradition developed of building churches on the ashes or relics of martyrs, thus making a, prof- making a prophecy out of the phrase, Under the Altar. The illustration for this and the next several slides are Martyrs Under the Altar from the Bamberg Apocalypse, an 11th century manuscript produced at Reichenau, Germany as it was used on page 61 in the companion book to the series Revelation and Idealist Interpretation, and the sixth seal from the Sansevier Beatus. All these faithful dead are offered white robes and symbols of purity, salvation, and blessedness, and allowed to, quote, rest a little while, as other faithful servants are also martyred. The phrase a little while comes from the Greek word mikron, which was used by Jesus in St. John's Gospel in 1616, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. A little while is a small amount of time when measured on the scale of God's time and refers to the time when he wills it, according to his divine plan. The lament of the dead in verse 10, How long, O Lord? was used several times in the book of Psalms when the godly asked why God allows the unrighteous to prosper. For example, in Psalm 74, verse 11, O oh God, how long shall the adversary do this dishonor? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? The answer in Christian theology is that help will come in God's good time. This question and its answer arises again in Revelation chapter 9, verse 5, and in Revelation 14, verse 13. When the sixth seal is opened, a great cataclysm occurs. The earth is shaken by a great earthquake. The sun darkens. The moon turns to blood and with the stars falls. These are signs of end times with details similar to prophecies in both the Old and New Testament. First, the prophecy found in Joel 2, verse 1b and 10 and Joel 2, verses 30 and 31, and second in Matthew 24, verse 29, which was read earlier in this episode. The first source is Joel's prophecy of the day of the Lord from Joel 2, 1b and 10. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. The earth quakes before them, The heavens tremble, and the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. How the prophecy will be fulfilled is explained in the prophecy in Joel 2, verses 30 and 31. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. St. John again demonstrates his knowledge of the gospel accounts, for these words are strikingly similar to Jesus' prophecy in Matthew 24, verse 29, in reference to the day of the coming of the Son of Man, Read in full in earlier slides. Immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The illustration for this and the next three slides is Christ Pantocrator. The oldest known surviving icon of Christ in tempera and gold on panel at the monastery of St. Catherine, Sinai, Egypt, said to have been commissioned for the new monastery in the 6th century by the Byzantine Emperor Justinian. The universality of the impact of the cataclysm is displayed in verse 15, as the whole earth flees and hides, including the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, who hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks. In the Old Testament prophecies, it was, as judge, it was God the Almighty. In St. John's account in Revelation, they all fear, quote, him who sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb, in the final verse 17, meaning both God the Father and God the Son. As Joel wrote in the Old Testament, there is no way to hide, in Joel 2, verse 11, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? In Revelation 6, verse 17, St. John describes this in a very similar way, saying, For the great day of wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Thank you for joining me for episode 11 of Revelation. An idealist interpretation. Next time in episode 12, I begin discussion of chapter 7. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode include from the AIC Bible Study Video Series New Testament Gospels, Jesus' use of words which refer to concepts of time, including in a little while, is discussed in episode 43 and episode 44 in the Gospel of John. In the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, in the first series, St. John, whose feast day is December 27th, is the focus of episode 4. From the AIC bookstore publications, in the Gospel of Matthew, Annotated and Illustrated, produced in 216 pages with 117 illustrations from the 8th to the 20th century, Jesus' prophecy of end times is discussed in chapter 24. From the AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of John, Annotated and Illustrated, produced in 198 pages, With 86 illustrations, Jesus' reference to In a Little While is discussed in chapter 16. In the companion book to this series, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation, presented in 214 pages with 52 illustrations, 51 of them from the 11th century manuscript, The Bamberg Apocalypse, the opening of the first six seals is discussed in chapter 6 with the illumination of the first seal on page 57 and martyrs under the altar on page 61. My primer on numerology and revelation is found on pages 7 through 11. In the writing Prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Joel is discussed and illustrated in part 3, chapter 2, on pages 65 to 70 with the vision of a day of the Lord, on pages 67 to 69, and a text box, Joel in Scripture and Christian Liturgy, on page 70. In the prayer book Psalter, psalms mentioned in this episode include Psalm 74, a psalm of the sons of Korah, is found on pages 171 to 173. The book includes commentary on the psalm verses and cross-references to how and where they are used in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. In layman's lexicon, key words of interest are Hades, ICXC, Lamb of God, Numerology, Pentocrata, Parousia, Second Coming, and Son of Man. In Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity, the final prayer of King David from 1 Chronicles 29 is found on page 8 among a collection of prayers of praise and thanksgiving. The key to accessing everything produced by the Anglican Internet Church is available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net where we've made it easier for you to learn about Christian education, doctrine, worship, and study using your preferred way of learning. You can watch our Bible study, Christian education, and seasonal video series using the links on either the digital library or Bible study pages. If you prefer listening, You can listen to the podcast versions of any of our videos using the links on the podcast archive page or to our podcast homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer using the links on the podcast homilies page. If you prefer written works, you can access any of the 17 AIC bookstore publications all but one available in both paperback and Kindle editions using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page or directly using my Amazon author central page https colon right/right/www.amazon.com slash, slash, write/ author right/ronald Hyphen E Hyphen Shibley. Everything after must be in lowercase letters. I also invite you to subscribe to my blog page at www. Anglican Internet Church, accessible through the Father Ron's Blog tab at the top or the bottom of any page on the site. By clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend, you'll be invited to register your email address, and receive notice of all new postings. Please be assured that we do not share subscriber information with any other organization, and you can ask for the removal of your address at any time. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net